to the SCF Highway to Hope podcast here on Pod Wheels powered by Radio Nemo. I'm your host, Shannon Courier, Director of Philanthropy with the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund. And I'm joined by my illustrious producer, Greg Thompson. Greg, great to see you today. <laughs> First of all, Shannon, it's great to see you again. And I'm laughing because of illustrious illustrious you make it all happen behind the scenes and i'm thankful for you well thank you for that and as you know i always enjoy getting together with you and working on the podcast and speaking of the podcast before we get into our featured conversation i know that you and the entire saint christopher truckers relief team were at matt's and i wanted to give you an opportunity to give everybody an update about your experience at matt's and i know that you had some fundraisers happening so tell us about Matt's. Yes, so Matt's was fantastic again this year. It was great to be back in person again. And it's always like a family reunion there, giving lots of hugs and handshakes and catching up with people we haven't seen in a year. It was a whirlwind as always. We walked our legs off and our feet were hurting by the end. And I think I slept for about a day and a half after I got home, but all for a great cause, right? So. We had a lot going on as usual at our booth. We had our spin the wheel where people would donate a dollar, spin the wheel and win a prize. We had great prizes on the wheel from several of our sponsors, OOIDA, Rennie Transportation, Connect Seal. So we had a lot going on there. The first night we had the opening night celebration there at Matt's and that included a silent auction that benefited St. Christopher Fund. This was the second year we had done that. We had a great turnout for that. The exhibitors are the ones that donate products for this silent auction. Great participation. We had over 50 auction items. It was packed for the whole event. We had a couple of bidding wars going on for some of the prizes there. So that was fantastic. And I have to give a huge shout out to Toby Young, who of course runs Matt's. He didn't tell me about this. So we're setting up all of the product for Matt's on the tables, getting all the sign-up sheets out. And he walks in with this hand-carved wood truck. And I mean, this thing is like probably three feet long and two feet high. I thought it was a decoration for the middle of the table in one of the rooms. And he said, no, this truck was hand carved by my dad. He has had it for years and years and years. It even has airlines carved into it. There's so much detail. And his dad decided it was time for somebody else to have this truck. And so it was donated to be auctioned off as well. It was beautiful. It went for $680 that it auctioned for. So huge thank you to Toby for including this silent auction again this year. And what a great donation. So thank you to his dad for passing along something that has meant a lot to him for many, many years. So that piece made the auction super special. We had a pretty successful night. You know, we're still getting final numbers together from the show so we will be doing an announcement about that. The auction alone, I will say, was 
over $5,200. That does not include the money that was raised from the spin the wheel and the money that was raised from one of our driver ambassadors who encouraged people to bring their change to the booth. So we've got probably another few hundred dollars coming in from that as well. Still some final numbers coming together that we will announce soon. It was fantastic. Our team showed up. People that are listening to us have heard that our health and wellness manager, Julie Dillon, has left us, not for any bad reason. Her mom's ill and she needs to take care of her. And then our operations manager, Dana Karnowski, has stepped aside as well. We do have new people taking those places, but they were able to join us at Matt's. And so we had a great final send off with our long-term team and welcomed in a couple of the new people. Well, Shannon, how cool is that? You guys were able to do your regular outreach that you do at Matt's to the trucking community, and you were also able to essentially gather as a family and do some stuff. And I know that one of the items featured during the auction is the Cal Ripken bat. So you guys had a fabulous auction, a great time at Matt's, and now we move in to your next event, which is the first in-person Highway to Hope concert. You guys had one that was virtual, back in 2021, and now we move to an in-person event in Knoxville, Tennessee at Cotton Eye Joe's on Saturday, April 22nd. Yes, we're so excited about this event. And you did mention the bat auction too. That was with Shell Rotella. It'll be closed by the time this comes out, but it closed and ran through April 5th. Our high bidder, as of today, it could be higher than that by the time it closes, was at $1,000 for that bat. So thank you to Shell Rotella for the custom Louisville Slugger bat. Our logo, Shell Rotella logo, autographed by Cal Ripken Jr. We do have the authentication papers for that. It's in a beautiful, clear display case. So that's going to be exciting. We will have announced that winner by the time this podcast comes out. So thank you to Shell Rotella. And yes, we moved right into getting ready for the Highway to Hope event. It is our second event, but the first in-person event. The first one was virtual, of course, with Winona Judd and from her place. And we had John Schneider and Billy Dean and Lindsay Lawler and Heath Sanders that also joined us for that. It was a fantastic event. We're excited to be able to do something in person. Again, that is April 22nd at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're excited about this event. It is a country dance hall. Chuck Ward, who was the owner there, loves truck drivers, loves this industry. His DJ booth in this facility is a semi-truck. So when you go in there, that is the center of attention in there other than the dance floor. And Chuck has graciously donated the facility. He's donated the staff and all of the ticket sales will come to St. Christopher Fund as well. So we appreciate his generosity in letting us host this event there. We have fantastic artists again this year. And that's what this podcast is doing is kicking off our artist series for this year's Highway to Hope. We will have Lindsay Lawler is going to be joining us again with special guests. Dave Nemo is going to be playing the drums and then our headliner will be Levi Hummond. So we are excited about this year's event as well. We're also going to be doing a uh, special presentation for Dr. John McGilligan, one of our founders. So it's going to be a special evening. And Shannon, as we both have noted, April 22nd, Saturday night, Knoxville, Tennessee at Cotton Eye Joe's. That is the place to be. And you also mentioned 
and everyone listening to this podcast knows from reading the notes that we talked with Levi Humman. We've done an interview, and the interview was so deep and so good that we're able to divide it into two parts. And now here's the first part of our interview with Levi Humman on the SCF Highway to Hope podcast. We want to welcome in Levi Humman to this week's podcast, the Artist Series. Levi, thank you for joining us for this podcast, and thank you for joining us for the event, April 22nd, Highway to Hope concert event at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. Thank you. It's going to be a blast. I love Cotton Eye Joe. I do too. I actually live in Alabama now. Grew up down here, was gone for 25 years, moved back eight years ago, but we lived in Knoxville for 22 years. So very familiar with the Cotton Eye Joe. Been there many, many times when I was much younger. We love to dance. I'm excited to go back and visit the old honky tonk. So <laughs> let's go. I still dance every Thursday night. So I've been trying to learn your new little dance that goes with rent free so I can do it the night of the concert. So <laughs> Yeah, I can't even keep up. All my dances now are just made by fans. It's what happens when you do a song with Walker Hayes. It's like the shoot off, send off or whatever, the fall off. Yeah, there's always a dance with Walker's song. So it's funny, though, like at first I really was like, oh, and then I started to love it because it's like I love that people just get excited about songs and kind of make their own art to it. And just like that's one way that they internalize it. I just try to embrace it. It's just fun. For me, I'm like, I'm the worst dancer ever. It's not even two left feet. It's like two no feet or something. I just try to have fun with it and make each release fun for the fans. I saw you dancing with Walker and his daughter. You did pretty good. Oh, my God. (laughs) Were you nervous about that? I actually went over to Walker's house. It was pretty fun. So we had put out the song together, and then him and his daughter, Leela, did the dance. They did the dance to Fancy Like too, so that's like what blew up the song for them. And actually, Leela does the choreography, his daughter. They just called me and invited me over to the house, and they're like, do you want to come do the dance on our front porch, kind of like we did with Fancy Like? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I went over there, and I was like, y'all, I just want to let you know, I really don't know how to dance. I don't know anything about this. And they just said, less is more. And I said, okay. <laughs> that's right. Too many people overdance, I have to say that. There's no need <laughs> yes. to overdance. I want to start like at the beginning. Okay. So you came pretty much out of the womb, born into the music scene with your dad. So tell us about your dad and what was that like? Just kind of, this is all you've ever known. Yeah. So I was born in Nashville, Tennessee. My dad's a songwriter. He wrote songs like Blessed Broken Road and Cowboy Take Me Away, Born to Fly, a bunch of hits. My mom is actually a preacher and she's the Episcopal chaplain at Vanderbilt and started a thing called Thistle Farms here in Nashville, which is an incredible organization. But I grew up, literally my parents' house was on Music Row and I loved music. I loved growing up. I listened to it. I played in a million different little bands as a teenager and high school kid. But I never really thought that I would pursue music professionally. I always thought of it as my dad's thing. And I was like, ooh, like, I don't know. This doesn't seem like that fun. It's <laughs> a lot of busyness, a lot going on at home all the time. Yeah. And even with success, there's the highs and lows. And I always saw that. And I was like, it just seems like really, this is my dad's thing. I went to college in Florida for two years. And I got my heart broken. And that's when I started really writing songs. And that's when I really started sending the songs back to Nashville, trying to get a publishing deal. I didn't really fall into it. I kind of fell into it backwards. And songwriting is kind of what led me into that journey. It's interesting that you say that because there's a quote that says, when we're happy, we listen to the music. But when we're sad, we listen to the lyrics. Right. (laughs) So you backed into music with the sadness part of it. Was there anything at your early age that made you want to, obviously, seeing the ups and downs of it was a, uh, I don't want to get into it. But was there anything along the way that you thought, okay, well, maybe I want to do this. But then is the ups and downs what kept you from just jumping in from day one? I don't know. Like a lot of people when they're young, 
and like kind of the music, they just kind of jump into it and they're like Disney or something like that. <laughs> kind of whole generation of people that like start very young. I honestly just like kind of wanted to live my life and I wanted to play sports and as a visual artist, like I painted a lot and that kind of has developed into like stylistically what I love about merch and different stuff like that. But I would say music, I was always a fan. And honestly, if I can think back to one moment that made me kind of want to be a musician, it was when I was riding in my dad's car and he had one of those CD things on the sun visor. I pulled down the sun visor and a CD fell out and that CD was Jeff Buckley's Grace album. And I remember that was the first moment where I listened to an album top to bottom. And I just was like, this dude is like melodic. I want to be like that. I want to have that melodic range. I wanted to do that kind of stuff. So that was like the first moment that I was like, this could be a thing. But then I kind of like internalized that and then <laughs> lived my life. And then it kind of kept coming up in waves. But yeah, the bug was there. The music was in my DNA and music was in my blood. And that's definitely from my father. And it's interesting that it would be Jeff Buckley, because I'm thinking that isn't Jeff Buckley Tim Buckley's son? I don't know the heritage of Jeff Buckley. <laughs> all I know is that when I first listened to the record, my dad was like, this is a guy that's from New York City and tours in all those clubs in New York. He died, is what he said to me. So like the whole album to me was like post-mortem. And I kind of thought that was like a beautiful thing. It's like the only thing I know about this person is just like these songs that live with him. Wow, that's interesting. A lot of people your age probably don't know who Jeff Buckley is, to be honest with you. Well, it's an amazing record, and as a songwriter, it was really inspiring. But later, like, I was into so many different types of music. I was in The Clash and kind of counterculture skater stuff because I was a huge skateboarder. But whenever I pick up a guitar, it turned into, like, the Rascal Flats. Like, it was, like, <laughs> country music was, like, so ingrained in who I was. And I think it's because... This might sound so stupid, but my room was under the music room. I was in the basement is where I was, and my dad's music room was above me. And every morning at 7.30 in the morning, my dad's foot was like stomping on the ground, like playing piano. And I think I literally was just ingrained with like commercial country music for like 18 years of my life. And I didn't realize that until I picked up that guitar and like I was like, verse one, chorus one, verse two, chorus two, bridge, chorus three, out. And it was like second nature to me. Did you ever spend time talking with your dad? I know you talked about this. You kind of fell into it, but the car rides and stuff. Did you take some time picking his brain about songwriting and what makes a good song and all of that? Because there's a talent to that, but there's a skill and a gift. And writing is so important in terms of having something that you can move forward. Yeah, I think I always knew, a lot of people don't know this, but just a blessing of living in Nashville is knowing how important the songwriter is and the song is. That's just like a thing that if you're from here, you're just like, duh. And then if you're from anywhere else, it's like, oh my God, there's a community of people that write music. I guess the answer to that question would be when I moved back to Nashville after college and I wanted to pursue writing songs professionally, I asked my dad for help. I just was like, hey, like, what do I do? Like, I don't know anything about this professionally. I know what you do, but like, why was Jessica Simpson at your house? I don't know. I don't know why that. <laughs> and the reason is because people in Nashville co-write. You use writers to help you write great songs. So what my dad agreed to do was he was like, you can't drop out of college. You can go to Belmont University in Nashville. And then every Thursday, I will pull you into one room with another writer. He was at Warner Chapel all the time. So I went over to Warner Chapel and that became my entire school. Like I was like not even paying attention at Belmont. <laughs> I would like every Thursday I would be prepared with like an idea and a chorus and a hook ready to write. So that was my entire schooling. Out of that, I built a catalog of songs and I got my first record deal with Big Machine Records way too young. The rest was history for me in terms of starting music. Yeah, the songwriting is the part that really is what's most important, it seems like. A lot of people know the people that perform the songs, but they don't always know the songwriters. Right. And you have the gift of both. And I think yeah. that's fabulous. 
It really is fun. I mean, I would consider myself a songwriter first. People don't know this about me, but I've like written for a bunch of other artists as well. And I don't even promote that as much anymore. <laughs> but I've like written songs for Steven Tyler, which was super fun for his country record, a song called Red, White, New. I've written songs for Tim McGraw, a song called Not From California. That's on his most recent record. And I just had a release with a guy named Sam Tenez and Nick Wheeler from All American Rejects. That's like a whole love for me. And people ask like, what is your favorite moments in music? A lot of times it's the live performance and getting to be on stage, but I think secondary is like the moment that you find out somebody's recording one of your songs and it sounds incredible. To this day, one of my favorite memories was I was touring up in Michigan and I got to open up for Tim McGraw. The whole show is kind of a debacle for me. Like my voice went away. It was, it was actually a really traumatic experience. But when I walked off stage, Tim McGraw was literally standing there and he was like in a Stanford hat and his cargo pants. And he was like, Levi. I was like, <laughs> you know my name. He goes, it's so funny you're here today. He's like, one, I love your dad. He wrote a song for Tim like once upon a time. And, and I was like, awesome. And he was like, it's so funny you're here. I literally just recorded your song, Not From California, like yesterday in the studio. And he's like, it's coming out on the album. And I was just like, so overwhelmed with emotion. That was like, the show is shit, whatever else happened. But that moment like totally saved my day. And it was really incredible. That brought me so much more joy. And I think that's because as songwriters, like we just like love the song. One of my really good friends is a great songwriter and had a chance to write for Johnny Lang. I love what you're talking about because songwriting is just one of those things that when you get the bug, it's something that grows on you. And it's yeah. so cool to hear your experience with this because it's an extension of you, but it's an outreach that but it touches other artists, like you said, Tim McGraw, Stephen Tyler, and other folks that you've had a chance to work with. That in itself, to me, is, and what I'm hearing from you, is almost as big or maybe bigger than performing in some cases. Yeah, honestly, it is. I mean, like, it was funny because, like I said, opening for Tim McGraw is such a huge, massive moment for me, but my joy from that entire thing was hearing that he was recording my song for obvious reasons, <laughs> but also because just, yeah, I think songwriting is so great in this culture and something that I'm really excited, like, I love to do with my own music is, like, tell my own story. That's something that's really important and why I am an artist is because I feel like I am telling a story with my songs and a specific story that while Tim McGraw could record a song, nobody's going to tell my story and what I've been through and, and my relationships and my experience like I can. And that was kind of like the reason I transitioned to not just a songwriter, but an artist, because I wanted to be unique and be able to record the songs that I thought were special that maybe nobody else would. Drunk there on the couch I was drinking about my bad luck And love walking out When the door swung open There you stood My pity party in the corner Was throwing Decisions. I ain't ever looking back 
song or is your first thought i've got this song i love this song i've got it together it's ready to go now i want to go perform it or do you along the way have another artist in mind that you think this person would really do this song justice the culture here is like if you're writing for an artist you kind of write for that artist but for me like i always just try to write the best song possible it's probably to my detriment in a lot of ways but i'm always just trying to write like what's on my mind and try to create something cool i don't really ever have anybody in mind other than just like trying to get something that i think sounds awesome Recently, I've kind of, as I've gotten just a little bit older and kind of more in tune with like what I sonically want to represent, I think that it's been more like, yo, I have a very specific sound that I'm trying to accomplish here in the room and nobody else is going to record this and that's fine with me. I think recently you'll hear it like in my live set. It's like kind of rock alternative meets country music. It used to be kind of more popular. I would say now it's just kind of more almost like Weezer meets country music. Then kind of like my band is just really, really cool. And it's really awesome. It's unique these days. Thank you for joining us for this episode of our artist series for the Highway to Hope event taking place at the Cotton Eye Joe on April 22nd in Knoxville, Tennessee. The VIP tickets for this event are $99, but let me tell you that includes food, a couple of drinks, artist meet and greet, a private concert with our artists, Lindsay Lawler and Dave Nemo, as well as the main concert with all of our artists. General admission tickets are $20 for pre-sale, $25 at the door, so you can just show up and join us. All of the ticket proceeds are being donated to our organization, the St. Christopher Truckers Relief Fund, local nonprofit there in Knoxville, Tennessee, supporting professional truck drivers across the country. Get your tickets today on our website at Truckers Fund, that's Truckers with an S, Fund with a D, truckersfund.org. Purchase the VIP tickets or your general admission tickets there. If you go in to purchase that VIP ticket, your password is going to be HOPE because that's what we provide for professional drivers. H-O-P-E, all caps, truckersfund.org. We hope to see you there.